Bold predictions. We have election 2024. Trump wins. I'm honestly he'll so win. To hear that. If he's tied, he'll win. If he's down two or three points, he'll win. I don't want to choose either. Or I could be real crazy and be like, it's going to be Gavin Newsom because Biden drops out and then Gavin wins. Will there be a same-sex couple that receives a blessing in St. Peter's Square? There will at least be a rogue priest who's like, come on down, guys. Like, it's just right, a two-hour train ride from Southern right? Germany. And there just happens to be AP reporters with cameras there for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. Pope Francis resigns or passes away in the next year. I, I'm going to go up another step on top of that one, though. Okay, you ready for this? And the Cardinals will elect... Erdo from Hungary as the next pope. Ooh. What? I'm phoning it in. I'm putting it on the line there. We will have a Hungarian pope. <laughs> I love this. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Loopcast. This episode, we have bold predictions 2024 for you. But first, we are going to take a look back into 2023. And Erica did the justice of listening to the episode we did last year oh, with bold predictions boy. for the upcoming year. And I don't have high hopes for predictions. It seemed like it was a little bit of a crazier Erica, Did any of them stick out to you as, wow, this was yeah. a little prophetic? So no need to fear, Josh. I'm going to start with your golden moment. And uh, I do want to emphasize that it was Pogo who highlighted this in the intro clip for the Bold Predictions episode, which our guest was Peter Wolfgang. So we're going to, Peter, if you're listening, we're going to also talk about you. But in the intro clip, Mercer says, you know what we should do? We should have a debate. We should put up Ron DeSantis against Governor Gavin Newsom and say, here's how you run California. Here's how you run Florida. And that would be perfect. Those were his exact words. And in <laughs> fact, glory, hallelujah, what did we see this fall? The only debate of any interest to anybody was, in fact, between Ron DeSantis and Governor Newsom. So 10 points for Josh. That's Excellent some genius work. level stuff. <laughs> that was, that was. And Nostradamus Pogo, he was for he had enough foresight to pull it out and stick it in the intro to highlight the genius of the Oracle of Petoskey. So well done. Good start. <laughs> I'm glad that it didn't add the prediction that Ron DeSantis would be winning the primary for the year. Um, Is that what you thought? Is that what you thought a year ago? Yeah. Pogo and I were both very, very hopeful. Peter and Peter Wolfgang, Josh Mercer were a little bit more, but they did. They did spend a lot of time insisting that the primaries in 2023 would be, I believe the exact phrase was, it's going to look like the 1988 primary where there's this two man race to Trump DeSantis and it's going to. You did predict Pence would get nothing. So that was Pence again, did get nothing. in the bag. Pence did yeah. get nothing. Nailed it. Um, and Peter Peter did say <laughs> DeSantis is more exciting on paper than in person. True. But he's Trump 2.0. I'm not sure what happened to Ron. Josh, Mercer, give us, give us a quick, yeah, give us the quick uh, hash out of what happened to the Ron DeSantis. I mean, yeah. it's, I feel like given a, a true autopsy is kind of terrible because he still actually has a campaign. But the question is, what happened? And this, this guy, um, Liam Donovan, he's a political analyst. He was on, on Twitter and he was talking about how everyone thinks of the moment that um, he was indicted as like the flashpoint where Republicans came back to Trump and that was sort of the end of the primary. But that's actually not totally accurate. I mean, it's, it's a good narrative. It's what Tucker Carlson has used as that's why I switched to Trump. 
Um, but I think it was in, in at the end of the day, it was like when people said it's time to move on and we're going to go with Trump. But if you look at the polling for DeSantis, right after the midterms, like for there's like a period of last year, like about two, three months where DeSantis was flying high in the polls and Trump's Senate candidates all went flat, like Oz and whatnot. And DeSantis was cruising. I mean, just a massive reelection campaign. And so if you just take that little time there, DeSantis needed to jump on that. He should have cat, he tried to catch lightning in a bottle. He should have announced earlier. She said, forget it. Like, this is a new game. Mm -hmm. I'm running now and ride that momentum and lock in, you know, uh, all the enthusiasm. Uh, At the end of the day, he waits and Trump is able to kind of dust himself off and, you know, bide his time a little bit and then he runs. So uh, if you take that like immediate midterm election polling, as a snapshot for about two months, the polling, that's where the Trump and DeSantis get really c- close for a while. But like before that, it was Trump by a lot. And now it's Trump by a lot. So it's just that little window of time. And he didn't, he didn't capitalize can, on can it. Can we pause? Can we pause for a second? Did you just say that Trump suggested that Dr. Oz of TV fame would be a good Senate candidate that would win Pennsylvania? Oh, he did. I almost oh, forgot about that. That for a was second. that was his yeah. call. And in fact, what's crazy is that he interceded in the Senate race, and then the person who got elected is now talking about how bad immigration is, and it's the Democrat. It's kind yeah. of that's the <laughs> twilight zone from last week. I'm not saying and, and honestly, what I love most about Trump is probably I feel like he would take credit for that somehow. Like why he hasn't he already? For, that's my I that's my up. first prediction. <laughs> he will take credit for Fetterman. That's my first prediction. <laughs> Like, I knew Dr. Oz would lose and that Doc, and Fetterman would have a stroke and then he would actually start it criticizing. He would have won and we wouldn't have had Fetterman. This was all my plan. Now, of course, you know. <laughs> oh, man. That, yeah. Bold prediction number one. Bold prediction like one it. already came out in this episode. Um, right. So I think yeah. my bold prediction, Erica, if I'm correct, is that Catholic education enrollment continues to rise as a direct reaction to uh, the COVID woke school exposure, rediscovering mm-hmm. love of classical education. Was and I proven correct that. on that? You were proven correct on that one. We had multiple studies and surveys come out. Uh, one was from the Wall Street Journal. We covered it on the on the podcast, I believe, a couple of weeks ago, that in fact, enrollment at Catholic colleges and universities uh, on the rise continuing through fall of 2023 um, and multiple classical schools of K through 12 opening as well across the country. So Pogo, you in fact got an A plus on the Catholic education. It's not just because of COVID, though. It's because multiple states have given the green light on vouchers, and so now you're getting Arkansas and all these other states are ramping up. So really pray. Right. My prediction, prediction number two: Texas will pass school choice Ooh. this year. That's all crazy. Right. It hasn't already, actually. They've really been wrestling with that down there. You think like Texas Lone Rangers, they're going to red state. It's tough. It's tough call out there. Yeah. But uh, Pogo, I do have to take us back to our election predictions just for a second. You did predict a year ago that Biden would step down and not run. Oh, there's still time. And yet he, you have, yeah, (laughs) as of this recording, you have a few hours left. There's still time. (laughs) That makes bold prediction number three. Biden will be the nom- comes. Biden will be the nominee in November. It's not that crazy. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get through the primaries. 
He's going to get through the convention, and he's going to be the nominee for the Democrats on Election Day, November 2024. Question, what will his strategy be this time? Is it going to be another running in the basement scenario? It already is. I mean, Obama and and, and Barack Obama's crowd, like David Axelrod, and even Obama himself has been saying, oh, I'm not sure Joe Biden can win. And so they're trying to you know, build that narrative up so that maybe they can get somebody else into the as the Democratic nominee that they'll have even, let's say, more control over. Um, and I think that's going to fail. I think ultimately, Biden says, it, I thought it was very smart, very politically wise that Joe Biden recently said, you know, intimated that if, if Trump weren't running, then I maybe I wouldn't. But because he is, I have to do it again is out of a sense of duty. And he can say to the fellow Democrats. I'm the only Democrat who's beaten Donald Trump. I think ultimately that's mm-hmm. winning. And he goes, I did better than y'all thought I would for the midterms for the Democrats. That's what Biden will say. And then Virginia and Ohio in 2023, right? He did he did better than expected again. So he's like, I'm your guy. I'm your best bet against this guy. And, Shane, yeah, the, and Mercer. Shane Gillis, the stand-up comic, said the reason why Biden does well at the debates is because Donald Trump's magic skill as a debater is to totally get under your skin and you lose it and you and then he just laughs and he and he picks you apart but joe biden there's nothing going on between the years so yeah. <laughs> you know as soon as trump gets done biden just goes da, 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 and starts muttering so it, trump needs to realize that he needs it's a different game like if he's going up against joe biden again you got to just figure you can't get under your, this guy's skin because there's nothing between the years Hmm. But I do want to point out, again, Mercer gets major accolades here because in last year's Bold Prediction episode, Mercer said, if Trump is the nominee, Biden will stay to beat him. So who is this guy? Biden either listens to Loopcast. This is going to be a tough episode to get through to just admit that Josh is right about pretty much everything is already (laughs) getting old. It's tough. I'm like nine minutes into the episode and this is going to be tough. Um, (laughs) This is your penance for for the year. (laughs) (laughs) Although I, I, gosh, Erica is like, we put this together and now I just need to keep going. Uh, Mercer, you have, you had a prediction last year about the American church. Do you remember it? I do not. I, you know what? I, I, I play the game hard. I roll. I roll. Sometimes I don't remember what I do, though. So it, I'm a fountain of wisdom. The oracle just, you know, the truths come out. This is cute that you're pretending that you don't remember this, but you probably do. But you just want me to hear me say it. It was that the, the church in America gets marginally better and Rome gets worse. <laughs> That's an easy <laughs> prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make that prediction for for next year. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker! No, I mean, let's just keep doing that. You know, the Arch- Mil- Archbishop of the Military Services Broglio becomes the head of the USCCB. He is outstanding, so that's awesome. I mean, so yeah. the church in the United States does get better. You know, we still have the Friday, uh, the Saturday, Monday Holy Day obligation. Get out of jail free card rule. That's kind of my pet peeve project to get rid of. But whatever. All in all, things are getting better. Yeah, but and Rome. Oh, yeah. Let's bless same sex couples. Mm. Uh. So obviously getting worse every day. So, yeah. Yeah, you were right there. Nailed it. Yeah. There was there was one church prediction that, again, we are, we are hours away from Mercer actually getting this one wrong. You said a year ago, Pope Francis, by the end of the year, will either have resigned or gone to the house of the father, which were your exact words. And yeah, we have hours left. So it's still possible. The Oracle of Petoskey is not completely exempt from aspirational predictions. That is true. 
Take that as you wish. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to keep rolling on that one. Yeah, um, let's keep going. Resigned, maybe. I feel like resigned unlikely at this point. Hey, I, 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 I don't want to sound like abound. I'm praying for, you know, come on. You know. Yeah, could you be got, resigned. Got a little classy. Um, I'd be a little classier. Could be resigned. But uh, before we get into the next prediction, we have a quick note from Catholic Vote. So the Loopcast, as you guys know, is made possible by generous supporters of Catholic Vote. Uh, thank you to an especially generous couple. Every donation you make through the end of the year will be doubled. So you can go to loopcast.org today to see how you can double your impact today. That will directly support us here at the Loopcast to continue, you know, Josh making these groundbreaking predictions that come true in the in the future years. So Yeah, definitely consider that, guys. Consider that end of the year gift. I mean, yes, I know you guys like reading emails and and like to listen to the Loopcast. And I I, I and you realize that we're out there trying to you know, win hearts and souls and minds, you know, uh, get them on the right side of things. So uh, do what you can to help us out. Amen. So we go into culture now. Uh, we have another mercy prediction is that Disney will not back away from where they've been headed. Uh, and this was filmed right after the CEO was fired. So if you remember, I believe it's Bob Chapek was fired as a CEO of Disney, replaced by the old CEO of Disney, Bob Iger. Uh, and we did that show right before that happened. And then uh, Josh also said Daily Wire will have a breakthrough moment behind children's programming. Uh, let's before we go to Mercer, Erica, what, what, what would you evaluate him on that prediction? I mean, I'm going to give him. Hmm, I'm not going to give him 100 percent on that one. I'm going to say it's 85 percent just because right. we're still waiting All on right. Daily Wire to see if it actually succeeds. We haven't seen the returns yet. I don't even know if I'd give him the first one, Erica. Well, so the first one's a little iffy. Disney will back away from where they've been headed. We kind of knew it was coming. We were in the middle of the firing. We were in the middle of the rehiring of Bob Iger. But Josh was right. Disney has not delivered. Bob Iger has not returned it to greatness in the last year. Right. And uh, kind of just continued galloping. I mean, we had the Snow White with the seven androgynous Wait, no, 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 no. His, his prediction was that they will back away from where they've been headed, as in they were going to become less woke and not engage in the culture war stuff, in which they definitely still have. I mean, yeah. they, they issued a report. The, the Snow White they, issued, they issued a report saying that they've been stung by this financially. That's their first wave. That's their like, hey guys, just to let you know, this is actually costing us money. That's step one before they actually start making some changes. There's a lot of stuff going on in the pipeline at Disney. You don't immediately, you know, you put something in production, you don't immediately kill it. So it's going to take a while, but it, it you are going to see a difference and. We're starting to see it. They telegraph. They've been telegraphing this year. That recent report they had, where like all that work stuff costs us a ton of money. That's so. I still say, and they did back off on Snow White. They did make the people little in the new <laughs> version that might come out this year. Baby steps, dwarf steps, if you will. <laughs> uh, future prediction: Do we think that the Daily Wire Cinderella version will be successful commercially? Yes. I don't think they care. I think I think Jeremy Boring's having so much fun with whatever he's doing <laughs> over there that he, he's like, whatever, I'm just going to spend my money. But yeah, I think it will be yeah. successful. I think um, Brett Cooper's going to come out, Snow White. All the girls will be like, I want to be just like her, just like Brett. I could see it kind of being like uh, The Sound of Freedom, which was a big movie in the past year. Yeah. Where... Almost because it was done protest, kind of in right. spite. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was like a protest film. And so there's a reason to go support it. Be similar to that. Yeah. That's a really strong marketing tactic that I think Daily Wire does really well. Yeah. You can lean into that a few times. And then after a while, you got to make sure you're actually producing the hits and it's and it, that it's actually entertaining. 
And so long as they do that, then the next time you want to do a protest thing, the, the, it's, they're like, well, it was actually a good show, too. So it, it'll work, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you got to yeah, And I think, I think they've got the potential because, like I've said, again, when we were reviewing Bent Key, uh, the, the quality of the shows is as good as a Disney you know, show for kids. And my kids definitely like them just as much. So I think the potential is there for something bigger there. Yeah. We'll keep watching you, Daily Wire. No, I mean, just imagine, though, like, like um, you know, with Daily Wire, they've made these investments in these movies, and it's good. And I just think of uh, Mel Gibson actually approached Tom Monahan about raising, you know, hey, could you help us finance this movie? I'm, I'm doing The Passion of the Christ. And he said no. And mm. afterwards, he was like, oh. oh, my. Oops. Oh, my. If I would have done that, how much more I would have gotten from the return. But. He decided to start some little boutique school in Florida or whatever. The, the, the Notre Dame of the South, as it's known on this podcast. Nah, the Notre Dame of Collier <laughs> County, maybe. <laughs> Notre Dame of the South. Uh, so we move on to, uh, we have personal resolutions. Josh, mm. you remember what your personal resolution was for last year? I, I do not. It was to learn Spanish. Can you speak to me a line in Spanish? I did not make that as a personal resolution. <laughs> it was, it's recorded. It's, it is run the wax. tape. We, I need to go run back and tape. get the tape for this. Run the tape. <laughs> Got him on that one. See, si, senor. Um, okay. You know, Josh, mm-hmm. the swing and a miss on that one. But you've been running a lot of other things. You don't need to feel too bad about that. But, uh, I mean, I can't uh, remember I said community. that. And that would have been a joke if I had. Okay, and then uh, we have for Erica the Aherns to get to confession once a month. Did that happen? Yeah, that that did not happen. I think we made if you average it out, we made it like every six weeks. We got all, like the whole family in the van to go to confession, but stuff happened. What can I say? You didn't sin as much as you thought. Getting pregnant. Oh, right, I, we stopped sinning instead, so we didn't have to go to confession. That's great. That's uh, a good. That's that's pretty solid. That's a solid clip, though. I, I, Erica's got a lot of kids. Six six weeks. That's a solid clip. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Okay. That's good. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. We'll, I'm going to we'll give try you more again. credit than Josh. I doubt it'll Josh. happen this year. It's not going to happen this year with the baby coming, but uh, something to aspire to in years coming. I might not have said yeah. it on the podcast, but my resolution last year was to to lose weight, and I lost sixty pounds. So mm-hmm. nailed that. Hey, yeah. dude. No, seriously. It's, yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. What, what, that's what, would, what, what did you do? What did you implement for the listeners out there? Also looking to maybe lose some weight. Well, it's two things for me was, well, I guess it's three, but I did do, I exercise was the last actually. It really wasn't exercise. It was getting rid of sugars. So I went low carb and portion control. Like that's the biggest exercise move is to, is to practice this and push that plate away. Um, and eat less, eat less between meals, eat less at meals. Um, that's okay. And uh, get rid of desserts. I did that mostly. Just get rid of desserts, except for like birthday parties or something. And I have a million kids, so that happens often enough. But um, <laughs> and then the third thing is, uh, I did exercise. I, I, you know, you had to find something you like. And so I, I have this exercise bike, and I just put on Star Trek, and I watch it, and it works for me. So. I reward myself okay. by watching you're, you're, something that my wife has little interest in, but like I'm right there with my bike and I can watch it. Good to go. You're, you're not going to admit to people that you got into pickleball. I, I, I would love to play pickleball. <laughs> I just, you know, where am I going to go? Like there's 10 inches of snow on the courts for most yeah, right of now. where he lives. So it's hard to play pickleball. pickleball yeah, Pogo, though, Pogo, you had a personal resolution to become a morning guy. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. 
Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I made a major miscalculation after having my son. I, I had a, I think I made that like right after having a kid. Genius. And he was like five months old. It, yeah. Yeah. It turns out that, you know, sleep didn't really improve for any of us. Wow. And mm. I wasn't a morning person to begin with. So there were some mornings I got up successfully and there's some were less successful. So I'd say in a whole, probably no, but I did. I have like wrestled with this often. I talked to a priest this year. I was like, yeah, like I just got super motivated at one point. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to win the morning. I'm going to be a morning guy. And he's like, Hey, it, it's okay. Like God made you the way he made you. And I was like, dang, I hate when I'm told that usually, but it's probably some truth to it. So I'm trying to trying to work on my body. But then my other resolution was uh, if I picked up chess and I talked about how I was playing uh, people from India online on chess.com. I'm happy to report I just beat someone from India this morning. So I'm still very much on the chess grind. Uh, good for the mind. Right under the wire. You met everyone. Him. Everyone can get the smoke. It I mean, the kid was six from. years old, but you still beat him. <laughs> Look, I don't know. It's all online. Um, so, you know, could could have been from, I beat people from Cambodia, China, America. It doesn't matter. The UN can show up. I'll play them in chess. Uh, so I still play chess. And uh, yeah, that's that was a success. I, I was happy with my my chess abilities. So on a scorecard, we, we, we kept a scorecard because, you know, we're a very competitive bunch. Mm-hmm. So for 2023 predictions, I was at 30%, which is definitely a failing grade. <laughs> Uh, Erica at twenty percent, and then just because I showed up, Mercer with a B. You got an eighty-five percent. Mm-hmm. Good job. So this is hey, this is going to be out there to go back and look at the tape for future years of the Loopcast Bowl predictions, and we'll see if we can improve upon it. It's going to be hard for Mercer. That was a pretty good year. Political department too says I even got Ohio right. I I wish I was wrong mm-hmm. on that one, but I predicted that one correctly too. Sorry. Yeah, you're you're a man of principle. I remember we got together for the 2020 election. Yeah, it was the 2020 mm-hmm. election in Notre Dame, and everyone was all fired up on Trump. And you're like, he's not going to win. And everyone hated you for a couple hours, and then we were all just sad. <laughs> we were all just kind of sad. sad. That's a good story. Well, and I was actually, but it's not like I'm a pessimist because in 2016 I said to Brian, I think he's got a shot, and it would be we should put. And so we had to make a decision on what to do. And we decided to put the limited resources we had, because that was, you know, seven years ago, put it all on Pennsylvania. There's, I think, so Josh has been right about predictions for a long time. And I actually think the reason we made this podcast is we were so tired about him saying things like this and it not being recorded. (laughs) So we're like, we just need to make a podcast so that Josh can get all these out of his system and then he can go back to, to work. So that, that would, you know, secret. That's how the podcast was formed. So I happen uh, to have Josh. That's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I make a few so, clunkers too, but you know, we don't remember those. We didn't uh, read those out loud. Yeah. No. So, so we have a word of the year. Uh, word of the year tw- in our, our, you know, year of our Lord twenty twenty three was authentic. Quote: oh. A high volume lookup most years. Authentic saw a substantial increase in twenty twenty three driven by stories and conversations about AI, celebrity culture, identity, and social media. Which, which to me was interesting because authentic is often, it's a word used in a lot of Catholic theology as well, right? Like an authentic uh, expression, interpretation of doctrine, an authentic Christian life, authenticity. And then we sh- it shows up in the context of celebrity culture, <laughs> AI, your identity, be your authentic self. And social media. So it was, an, it was an interesting that they're, you know, the rest of the culture is kind of, everybody's looking for authenticity. They want, 
people want the truth. It's kind of nice that it wasn't something like chuggy. You know, usually it's something dumb, like, like, oh, word of the year, chuggy. Or I think last year it was gaslighting. But authentic's a word that goes way back. You know, that's not just like a fun buzzword for the year. Uh, so going back to some tops, we have the top clicks in the loop this year, the loop, our morning newsletter. Kind of crazy if you're listening to this and don't know about it. But if you don't, uh, go subscribe. It's incredible. Josh is the editor. So we have the outreach expose. Uh, Strickland calls for prayers after he was removed. And then Pope calls for demasculization of the church. Uh, Erica, what do these top stories, top clicks tell you about what people are interested in? Yeah, and it went on and on. This was, it told us clearly that our loopers love their church news. They want to hear about church politics. They want to have an authentic, authentic understanding of what is going on with Holy Mother Church. And I think, too, just the sensitivity to uh, to hypocrisy, right? We saw the outreach expose there uh, written by one of our, or he wants to be anonymous. Never mind. <laughs> we had our outreach expose <laughs> that came out in May ahead of Pride Month. And we, we consistently put it in the loop at least once a month. It's, in the, it's one of the graphics that we'll put in there. And it, it continues to have double-digit thousands, dozens, you know, uh, 12 to 15,000 clicks whenever it goes in there. So it's clearly Father James Martin, top of mind, Pope Francis, Bishop Strickland. There's a reason it's top of mind, because the, the rainbow uh, Catholics are trying to create a whole new theology of human sexuality, and they want to supplant it with what church currently does. So it is a grave threat to the church. Um, and, and that's why, even if you don't care about the death penalty, that was the whole point. It was a dry run mm-hmm. for trying to change things. and you're doing these kind of dances, like with the same sex stuff, like, well, don't just use the same blessing you would for a marriage, but it can, you know, whatever you could, I guess, do it this way. It's intentionally confusing um, and, and meant to push the envelope. But um, in general, I think when you look at these top articles over the course of the year, like Strickland, and obviously that was just very big news. Um, like the other ones you mentioned, I think what it gets to is um, our readers do appreciate the coverage they find in the loop because we'll, we have a staff of reporters now that work on these stories. And I think for too long, there was like, you know, that too safe, you know, um, Catholicism. I mean, I'm not trying to pick on our Sunday visitor. Um, You know, our Sunday visitor, EWTN sometimes gets into that a little too much. Like, we don't want to criticize. We don't want to criticize. Mm -hmm. Don't say anything bad. It's a little, little too soft. Huh? And then on the other side, you've got like this church militant or life site. And I, I mean, those guys do good things too sometimes. I'm not saying that they don't, but like sometimes a little, a little too much screaming, a little bit too much all caps. And I feel like maybe we're that little porridge in the middle. We're just right. Not too hot. It's not too cold. We're not going to blow smoke. We're going to tell it like it is. <laughs> it ain't a pretty picture, but hey. It's still the church that belongs to Jesus, and it's not going to depend on all of us freaking out. We got to be honest with what's going on, and uh, keep marching on. And and you know, ultimately, it's His church. Jesus, it's your church, man. It's up to you. Yeah, new new tagline, new tagline for the Loopcast: the porch that's just right. We're, um, <laughs> we're hey, this is the podcast, and this is the email for normal Catholics. Yeah, didn't we have I, we had a, a bishop anonymous, anonymously reach out? And That's right. That's say what he said that he likes us. They were normal Catholics. He's, what he like, and it always surprised me what people like about this because I, I I never 
I never fully expect. It's always kind of unique, but as Bishop reached out and he said he loved the loop cast is actually one of his favorite things that the loop, that Catholic vote does. He said what he appreciated about it was it's just normal Catholics talking about stuff. Uh, and we love our church. Man, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take that. We're just not. I can't get more normal than you know two Midwesterners and an East Coast elite uh, talking me. about what we think about the church. Well, my wife so. thinks I'm not normal. So now I can say, well, actually this bishop thinks I'm normal. So maybe you're the yeah, one. You got, you got some street cred. Yeah. It's me. Yeah, I'm, I'm a radical completely. <laughs> Let's not get into the moon landing. So uh, yeah, top searches don't. in the USA. So Google puts together a, what was trending in the United States in terms of search in 2023. I thought these are kind of fun to go through. So uh, for news, we have war in Israel and Gaza. Uh, we did an episode on that and we tried our best. Uh, it was very controversial and some people thought we did a great job and some people didn't. Uh, and I think that's pretty indicative of the war itself. Uh, so continue to pray. We actually just recently in a loop, we covered the, uh, what's his name again? The Patriarch of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, yep. Mm-hmm. He just put out something about how uh, two people in his church just got sniped right outside. And... It just is a continue. I feel like with wars and it, it kind of happened with Ukraine. It's now happening with war in Israel. Is it, it, it's really hot. Everyone wants to know everything about it, and then it just gets lost. No longer interesting to people. And that was another reminder of just like, wow. I mean, it's hard to even imagine walking out of church and getting sniped. Um, so I definitely need to continue to pray for that region and hope that that comes to resolution because war is hell, and it's not something that we should ever jump into head first. Um, yeah, we had lessons to learn from that as Catholics. Like, you know, we should have listened to John Paul when it came to the war in Iraq. Yeah, that was a really interesting conversation we had about that. Um, so the next one, Titanic submarine, which I'm going to be completely honest with you. I did not care about it at all. Josh, do you even remember what this is? Oh, yeah. I like intentionally avoided it. And I know people just got so hyper fixated on it. It was about the the submarine expedition gone wrong. And I, I can get rid of these safety standards. I can go further, deeper, faster. Yeah. How'd that work I think out? they used like a Logitech, like a $30 Logitech remote to to control it. And it just seemed like a dumb, Erica, were you, were you into that? Was right. anyone into that? Well, you know what my, it was funny. My teenagers, they're a group of friends who are allowed to read the loop, but some of them also have access to other news outlets. Shocker. But they were obsessed. The teens were obsessed because you remember the submarine was lost for several days. It was it was a long drawn out process before we knew that these guys had died almost instantly, right? Um and so the teens were just like pouring over what is the Titanic and what are these submarines and who can who pays for this to go and where are they? Are they suffering? And um so I, I think it was a yeah, just kind of a, a experience for them as teens. I was not really that into it, but uh <laughs> it was it was part of our household life. It was it was Bacon eggs in the Titanic submarine in the morning. It's like what you said, Tom, though, like with war, war can be super long. And in general, media loves war because mm-hmm. it sells a lot of shampoo commercials. But um, war in elections. Yeah. But like they love what you're talking about there, like with the Titanic thing. Or I remember when I was a kid, baby Jessica fell in the well. And like that was, it was just like around the clock coverage. I remember that. They love that because. They know there's like a, a like a two week time frame on it, and it's going to consume everything for two weeks. And then before people get too tired of it, you usually have a resolution. So they like they love that. So like remember like in a few years back where there was those miners in like Chile, and they're all buried in. They had to go get yeah. The media yeah. loves it because it's a great story, and 
you know, it either ends in tragedy or it ends with euphoric celebration, but then it, you get resolution before people are bored. That's why the media loves it. So that you have to understand that there's like a, you know, a mechanics to this, why things, you know, why is it that you're hearing about this in the news as opposed to this other thing? And it's because people, they understand about human nature. This is what's going to motivate eyeballs. You know, this is going to draw the, draw in the viewers. So, yeah. Uh, and then three hurricanes, Hurricane Hillary, Hurricane Idalia, <laughs> and Hurricane Lee. All the hurricanes right up there with the war in Israel. Yeah. And then for, for people, we had DeMar Hamlin. Do you remember the DeMar Hamlin thing? That was so bizarre. I've never seen a game stop like that, especially in the NFL. Yeah. That was yeah, crazy. That was crazy. He just dropped yeah. like a stone. What was the resolution on that? Does anyone know? Resolution, yeah. of course, is like hotly debated as to what stopped his heart. I think it was like he got hit in the chest and it, he got hit him so hard it stopped his heart yeah. is, I think, the final thing that I saw about it. And but then he came back and he played a few weeks later, right? And he's fine, I guess. Yeah. He's still in the league. He's yeah. still in the league now, I think. I think he's still yeah. on Buffalo. So, yeah, I'm glad that that ended up okay. Uh, Jeremy Renner, if you remember what happened to Jeremy Renner, he was in like a snowmobile. Didn't Terrible he? Terrible accident. Yeah. Is a it was a motorcycle? I have to go look this up now. I yeah, looked it got, up on Friday and it's gone. There's a real like he people thought he was gonna die. Snowplow, crushed by a snowplow, large snowcat vehicle. Yeah, that was crazy. So yeah, these these tragedies that happen to our celebrities definitely get the clicks and people are invested in them. So either a tragedy or Or some people, you know, they date someone famous. Uh Travis Kelsey, number three. Like Taylor uh, Swift. Mr. Mr. Pfizer, uh, Super Bowl champion, and uh, most importantly, a boyfriend to Taylor Swift. I think is his most important accolade right now. Who's that? He's dating the person of the year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have teenage daughters. You know Taylor Swift. They don't listen too. to her. I can tell you that much. They hate her. Well, all my kids are like, <gasps> They're so down. pure. That's awesome. It's not that they're pure. My, in fact, they're good kids, but they're like, she's... Terrible. I think they're just contrarians like their dad. They just don't like them because everyone else does. Probably. Probably. I mean, Taylor Swift's got some bops. I'm going to come out and say it. She's got some bops, but I had my uncle. You have to understand, Tom, from my perspective, I remember when she debuted on country music. And then I'm like, and then all of a sudden she's off my radio and I don't hear it anymore. I'm like, oh, well, whatever, you know. And all of a sudden, like, my 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 sister was bringing her daughter to a concert. I'm like, really? Is she still around? That's how... I don't care about pop culture, obviously. I had to read the lyrics to Teardrops on My Guitar in poetry form in front of an audience of people uh, and try not to laugh. And it, yeah, it was, it was one of those like life changing hostage experiences video. What I'm is like, this? What? Yeah, basically. I don't think it's, re- I don't think it's recorded, but you know, it really helped my public speaking ability because nothing could get worse than the shame of doing that. So, uh, yeah, not a huge fan of Travis, Travis Kelsey, but you know, do your thing, dude. And then uh, number four, Tucker Carlson. Big year for Tucker Carlson. Big year for huge year for him. I mean, him getting fired. I remember that whole controversy, and then coming back triumphantly on X, and now starting his own network. I mean, this has been the year of Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, arguably. Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I don't care for Fox News because they let him go. They pushed him out. Uh, I really don't watch Fox News as much, um, you know, because of that. And uh, I'm looking forward to. I thought he had a unique voice. I don't agree with everything he says. But I like a lot of what he mm-hmm. says. And, you know, I'm looking for I'm going to sign up for the network. 
his new network. So yeah, the most interesting the most interesting conversations and insight into the Republican primary came from Tucker, I would say, because of his long form interviews with these guys, and he's he did what no other media outlet news network could do because he just sat down with them in his house in Maine with the water flowing at the back window. <laughs> yeah. It's it's great. Yeah. You're like, oh, they actually have ideas. We said it would be great if it's he good. was the moderator of the GOP primary debates. And no one took us up on that killer idea, obviously. Um, well, well, kind of. He did the uh, the summit in Iowa. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was mm-hmm. the only thing interesting. Which was all, that was the best. That was the best thing that ever came out of. Yeah, he torched Asa. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was so gold. Awesome. That moment. I'm like, roll the tape. That uh, I'll watch that again. <laughs> for real. Yeah, Tucker's a goat. Big Zen guy. Uh, so next topic we have, how often do you think about the Roman Empire was the top trend? That was awesome. <laughs> Josh is very, fo- Josh is very fond of I think about it every day, actually. Erica, really do you do. really? No, I do because I have a 10-year-old boy who's obsessed with Greeks and Romans. And so- oh, that's fair. Well, Mom, what do you think? What do you think would have happened if Attila the Hun had been around during World War II? <laughs> and so this becomes a huge, like you know, part of my brain is obsessed with this kind of stuff. So thank you, my son. Yeah, I appreciate you engaging with him on that. It's important. These it are is. real concepts. It Josh, uh, every time I drive down Maxwell Road, which looks like it's driving on the surface of the moon, you know, I actually wait for the snow. I want the snow to come because it's easier to drive on my road. <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> boy, I wish we had the Roman Empire. Like these roads would be good, man. It'd be solid. But what was your what was your uh, answer on frequency again? I mean, I like to say it's every day, but like it's you know I'm a busy man, so it's probably every week if I'm being honest. How about you, Pogo? You're in the uh, the demographic for this phenomenon. So what about you? Um, I I I listen to this podcast called uh, oh, it's by Mike Duncan. It's really good. It's on the origins of Rome. So I was listening to that for a little while. So I mean, genuinely then, because I was listening to that, I was into it. In the wild, I think I had like one conversation at a bar one time with a couple of guys. Like it was just a guy behind the bar. It was like, hey, you hear about this trend? I was like, yeah, dude, what do you think? And then it got into uh, who built the pyramids because there's no way physically that we could have done that. Like humans could have done that with the technology available. So there's two answers. Either one, it was aliens or two, it was uh, the information was burned when the library of Alexandria was burned to the ground that there's somehow a technology that we don't know about that they used. And so, um, yeah, more, more than you think. The the pyramids, it's not, it's not a conspiracy. It's actually very easy to build a pyramid. Although again, Andrew Schultz, stand-up comic is kind of probably, you don't want to listen to everything he says, but he's got a funny little clip on that. Uh, no, uh, it it is possible that people, the thing is with, with that, I think. What? I'm not gonna. You thought you just said you just said it was easy to build the pyramid. No, it's e- I'd like to see you do it. <laughs> not understanding me, it's easy for us in our age to say there's no way someone two thousand years ago could do it. But I think we're losing sight of the fact that great things can be done by humans. And <clears throat> when it comes to large bricks, right? Like there are ways of using pulleys and water and weight to move things around. It's not as this idea that it's impossible. We had a, it had to be aliens. Give me a break. Show me the plans. Show me the technology. Dude, how could they have gotten it so smooth like that in a triangle form? All right, we're going to move on. So Yeah, I think we better. Uh, movies of the Rams, year, if you, if you remember, we have the, the Barbie movie was number one, uh, followed closely by Oppenheimer. And then number three, Sound of Freedom. I can only say I only watched Sound of Freedom. I actually watched yeah. it as research for this podcast. It was awesome. 
highly recommend. Uh, Barbie Oppenheimer. I didn't, neither of us, no Barbie Oppenheimer in the crew here. I did not make it to either one. I had friends who went to them and they're just like, eh, don't bother. But yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Oppenheimer ended up being like a sex tape basically is what my understanding was. So I just don't need that in my life. You know what I'm saying? I don't watch you know movies yeah. usually <laughs> in the theater anyway, though. Like, I mean, maybe Erica can, can hear me out on this one. Like I have a million children at home. And so when I break free and like the oldest one watches the kids, like, oh, let's go watch something on TV and a bigger yeah, place. Yeah, I'm not going to go sit no. in a theater for three hours. Like, yeah. Hey, right. we could go to Walmart without having 100 children grabbing at our ankles and arms. <laughs> or, you know. I know. That is so funny you said that. So Todd and I, we have this running joke that all of our dates end at a box store. Because we go out to dinner and then we're like, do you want to go get a movie? I'm like, actually, I need some stuff at Home Depot. So we're either in Home Depot or Walmart. Not Target anymore. That was like way back in the day. But yeah, it was, we really do. Yeah. When you have six kids, you're going to end up at the box store and that's all right. That's okay. It's a season of life. Yeah. You brought up another big 2023 moment, which was the, t- the Target boycott, the Bud Light boycott. Oh that yeah. Was hot, what a hot year. 2023. Not that I was drinking yeah. Bud Light before, which I think we actually got in trouble and you specifically got in trouble on the Bud Light episode because I believe you referred to uh, um, yeah. Bud Light in I, a derogatory term and some, some Bud Light, some Bud Light heads were pretty angry about that. So uh, the bold salty. prediction that I'm a little salty. The, the bold prediction that I would not be the one to say something that people get tis tis for language <laughs> turned out to be also right. So that should be added to my score. I'm at like ninety percent now. It should be all right. We'll we'll bump you up to ninety. You got an A minus now. All right. Yeah, we'll that's that was maybe the biggest surprise of the year was that it, Erica's eloquent language somehow that it wouldn't have been Tom or I. Shocking. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe need to go. To, maybe you do need to go to confession every month, Erica. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I need to. I'm not disputing that at all. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 2024 predictions. We're we're in the oh final boy. stretch here. Looking forward, let's look ahead into the year of possibilities. Here, uh, we have election 2024. Now, I'm going to let Josh go first because you know, in deference, like in golf, when you get the best score, you get to go first. So, Josh, 2024. Who will be the next president? Trump wins. Yes. <sighs> He'll win. I'm honestly so happy to hear that. He'll win uh, Michigan. I think uh, he'll win Georgia, Arizona. He'll win Michigan. I think the reason he wins Michigan will be because a lot of Arabs, Americans, and Muslims will be upset about the war. So that might tip Michigan, but that might be a tough one. That might be the reach, but he wins. I think he wins. Uh, All the signs are indicating it. I mean, he's... In 2016, Trump led in the polls a little bit here and there, but not a lot. Most of the time it was Hillary. And then at the end, it was all Hillary towards the end. And then he catches up with her within three points right at the end. In 2020, he never was leading in the polls. Biden always had that advantage. And right now, Trump is leading by three, four points. If he's tied, he'll win. If he's down two or three points, he'll win. If he's up by three, yeah. But that's, again, a, an election year. It's 11 months away. It's a ways to go. But um, all the... At risk of sounding ignorant, has there been another example where someone has ran as president, won, lost their second bid, and then came back in the third bid and won? It's only happened one time in history before this. Mm-hmm. John Quincy Adams? No. Am I right? Ah, darn it. Cleveland. Robert Cleveland. Oh. Yes, second guess. Ah, oh, sweet. 
<laughs> that was for you, Mr. Gulick, AP U.S. History teacher. <laughs> I didn't take there. AP U.S. History, therefore I didn't know. <laughs> you know, at, at Grover Cleveland, here's a little thing for that. Like there was, there was the uh, he had apparently alleged an affair with this woman where he had ha- fathered a child. And so uh, the Republicans said to Grover Cleveland's campaign, uh, you know, he kept showing him, Mama, Mama, where's my Papa? You know, they would just kind of go after him. And then yeah. after he won, they go, Mama, Mama, where's my Papa? Out to the White House. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, man. That was bad I love how everyone's like, too. this is so unprecedented. Politics are so vitriolic and nasty. They never used to talk about each other this, this way. Do you remember when Thomas Jefferson was, I think they said Thomas Jefferson put babies' heads on pikes. Like, this has always been going on, guys. Like, this is nothing new. People with the smack talk and presidential elections have it's, always been It's never safe. been beanbags. Yeah. It's not touch football. This is the real yeah. <laughs> Not touch football. Uh, Erica, prediction. Yeah, I actually, I was going to go Trump. I think the pendulum is, is going to swing the other direction, whether or not he can hold on to it. I, I think he, he does get convicted of one of these 93 charges that have been brought against him. So who knows what that'll do. But I think, I think he will win the vote in November. And I think the, I think October 7th, the attack on Israel by Hamas is going to make a big difference. I think we're going to see a lot of, not a lot, but a significant enough portion of the elite, um, the, the Jewish vote, which isn't huge. Josh is going to laugh at me for even saying that, but uh, I think seeing people start to react and realize that the democratic party is not their friend. Well, that they really are politically as homeless as Catholics. The Jewish vote. The problem with the Jewish vote in terms of presidential campaigns is doesn't doesn't matter it as much because the mm-hmm. the, the Jewish vote is big in in New York and in Calif- um and in uh, Florida. Uh, those are two states where now, like New York, is blue as it gets, Florida's as red as it gets. So unless you have large Jewish populations in swing states, it's not going to be altogether that consequential of a shift it may we may see a shift in legislative seats you know in new york uh maybe in florida you know we'll see time will tell it but again it's it's not it has the effect of like there's ripple effects on things so like if the democratic party you know the ivy league university presidents the fact that they couldn't condemn mass genocides you know does make people think maybe the left has gone a little too far. And so even not, it's not just Jewish voters, you know, other middle-class Americans are like, eh, this seems a little wacky. And they kind of shift away from that. So I think that's going to be the bigger electoral effect. Yeah. And I think the other souring of the left and their enthusiasm for Biden Harris, if it's not already sour enough, which we're seeing in the polls, I think this, that the hill that the Democrats are choosing to die upon is basically child genital mutilation. Like that's it. That's their hill. I think it's going to really deaden some of the vote enough that Trump can pull it out in November. So that's my prediction going for it. Pogo. This is how annoying. This is how annoying I am. It, I don't want to choose either because, or I, I, if anything, I'd choose mm-hmm. Biden just to be a contrarian because I don't want to follow Josh's pick. Or it could be real crazy and be like, it's going to be Gavin Newsom because Biden drops out and then Gavin wins, which Go I actually it. don't think is say as it. crazy. Yeah, I think I'm just going to say that. I don't think that's as crazy as people think it is. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's wrong, but it's no, it's not crazy. I think a more realistic option is 
I, I again, I've said I think Biden's the nominee in, in November. If he's not the nominee in November, it's because he died or resigned for health reasons and Harris becomes president of the United States and it's not Gavin Newsom. That would be the bold prediction, I would say, over Gavin. And Gavin gets mad because, you know, and then she lose. She would lose much. She would. She would lose. Time. Right. I don't. I think Harris would Please lose to Trump. I don't think it would be even close. Well, uh, it'd be yeah. close in the sense that all presidential elections are close, but she doesn't right, have right, right. But, you know, you know what I mean. I do. You know, I'm just I'm letting the listeners know. So church trends, Josh, you nailed the church trend. <laughs> you can't be you can't be this general. You can't say that America gets better. Rome gets worse. We need a we need a more specific one. What's your church trend prediction prediction 2024? I think uh, the church's Eucharistic Congress will spring forth um, spiritual fruits and that Eucharistic adoration will become a more normalized practice in more parishes instead of just being a, something that, you know, is done occasionally. I think more and more it'll become even that much more mainstream. I think that's going to be the big fruit of it. Beautiful. It's a good one. Erica. <laughs> well, so this is, this is a little strange that we're recording this today. So we're, what I'd written down was a question and it was, will same-sex blessings be approved by the Vatican? And we were we were going to answer that. And in fact, it was answered before we started recording. Wah, so wah, apparently, wah. yeah, I'm like, never mind. Oh, so why don't you, Erica, here's the question then for you. I'll give you the question okay. and you can make the prediction. Will there be a same-sex couple that receives a blessing in St. Peter's Square? I'm going to go with yes. All right. I think yes. It may or may not be like an official Vatican event, but I think there will at least be a rogue uh, priest who's like, come on down, guys. Like, it's just a two-hour train ride from southern Germany yeah. to St. Peter's Square. And there just happens to be AP reporters with cameras there for some reason. I don't know why. Yep. No, it's going to happen. We'll see. You're going to hear fo- first, folks. <sighs> and I really hope I'm wrong. I I really want to be wrong on that one. Let's go with my 20% accuracy from last year <laughs> on that one. <laughs> All right, Pogo. What's going to happen? Pope Francis resigns or passes away in the next year. All right, uh, okay. I'm going to go up uh, another step on top of that one, though, okay? You ready for this? No, I don't think I am. And the Cardinals will elect Erdo from Hungary as the next Pope. Ooh. What? That would be fun. That's my prediction. I would be interested. Okay. The Hungarian Pope. That's specific. Okay, folks. That's specific. I'm phoning it in. I'm putting it on the line there. (laughs) We will have a Hungarian Pope. I love this. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And this is is for the Oracle. And Erica, I I think you probably got some things here too. So SCOTUS 2024. Josh is a noted SCOTUS head, as they call them. Do you have any notable cases you think we'll see touched? In 2024, with a consequential ruling. Yes, me first. I'm asking you first. You're a Scotus. Can I say we uh, are disappointed by the abortion pill ruling? So the the Supreme Court is going to, you know, has taken up that case on whether or not the FDA uh, was politicized in their approval of the RU46 mifepristone, and I feel like because they're worried about the backlash of what's happened with Dobbs, they're going to kind of bend over backwards to make this not a political disaster. And so they're going to say, well, it wasn't really approved the right way. Um, Slap on the wrist, slap on the wrist, and things need to change. But ultimately, we're not going to totally unwind it. 
and uh, something like that. And so the pill, the mifepristone will still be available. Is the longest that will be the effective result, but there'll be some sort of, you know, way that they'll <clears throat> they're going to try to play both sides of it. In other words, it's not it's it's going to affect the effective result is going to be the left will quote win. That's my unfortunate prediction. Yeah, I was I was going to go on that case, the FDA case. I was going to go with Roberts is going to side with he's going to do his swing thing where he sides with the more liberal justices on that case, and we'll see probably you know just as. Thomas and Kavanaugh and Barrett will be together and everyone else will over. Right. Erica, any predictions? SCOTUS for the SCOTUS heads. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll see another retirement. I think they're going to dig in. That was one of the questions. Um, unless someone dies like, oh, Lord, please don't let it happen. If Clarence Thomas pulls an Antonin Scalia, that would just be a total disaster. And, you know, he kicks the bucket. But I don't think we'll see any retirements this year. I think they want... They don't. They don't want to do any more shifting. They're trying to recover from the last couple of years. So someone had asked me to to address that, and I'm I'm going to say no. No retirements. The only way it would change the seat on the, the seats on the court would be if we had an untimely death, which I can think of some that would be more preferable than others. But again, I am not in charge. God is in charge of that. Thank the Lord. <laughs> so no aspirational <laughs> predictions of death. So this one's fun because it's coming up soon. Super Bowl, Mercer, who's a Super Bowl champion in 2024. Major kudos if you get this right. That's a good question. Should we give him multiple choice? Give him a multiple choice. I gave him one. Well, no? well, because he could. I think the Ravens are looking pretty yeah. good. Ra- right. Ra- who, are, who are the Ravens going to see in the Super Bowl? I don't know. Ravens over the Cowboys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, Chief. Um, Erica, Erica. You here's I'll give you some choices if you, you put them in. Here. No, wait, actually, I'll do the I'll do the 49ers. They are pretty darn good. <laughs> oh, uh, walking it back. I see the Ravens are still going to win it. Oh, really? Flip flop. Flip flop. Flip flop. No spine there in your your do- your uh, yeah. Cowboys prediction. But OK. OK. You know, mm. do you do you, Erica? Any thoughts on the Super Bowl? I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think they're going to like pull it out surprise. And the only reason I'm saying that and this is they'll such a like, email thing to do. They'll lose in week 1. <laughs> hey, let Erica make her prediction and she's she's going to stick to it unlike some other people on this podcast. I'm sticking to my prediction. I'm going with the Chiefs. I think Mahomes really wants it. Now Erica, you can Are we are we going to be honest? I mean, Kelsey on the mind is that What what, what was your decision uh, process? We're going to like <laughs> yeah, I'm a secret suit. I want Travis. No, I, I I just they seem to be on a roll. I don't know. I'm not even following football, so there you go. It's taking every ounce of my body of willpower in my body to not say the Detroit Lions for 2024 because that would be the most triumphant prediction of all time. If I come up here, call my shot, change and a curse. They lose to the Vikings in the wild card. <laughs> oh, give me a break, the Vikings? <laughs> Okay, guys. Now I just—I well, don't know what you're smoking. My prediction is I will get under your skin if I say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'd love to—I'd love to put some money on that one, brother. Uh, For those of concern. you who aren't on video, Pogo just like shifted in his seat, scratched his head, like yeah. did a little stretch. That yeah. made me physically uncomfortable. How bad that prediction was, but yeah, we'll see, bud. Yeah, I'm gonna—I'll probably go. I'm gonna go 49ers Super Bowl champions as much as that pains me to say, because mm. I think they'll probably beat the Lions. I think the Lions will meet them. 
That'd be a great championship game. Yeah, it would be an awesome championship game. Uh, so 49ers, I think 49ers over the Ravens. So Josh, other than not learning Spanish, what's your resolution for subcommittee? <laughs> what's my resolution for this year? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll just do more podcasting, you know? <laughs> Instead of once a week, maybe we'll right, ramp right. this up. The Mercer Show. Oh, I, I thought you. <laughs> I thought Let's that was the conversation. No, I thought you were about to announce you're starting another podcast instead of saying more podcasting <laughs> on this one. And I was like, "Wow, what a soft launch on the." <laughs> I'm leaving you two behind. So, the Daily Roman Empire updates. You know. <laughs> okay, more podcasting. I can get behind that. I think there's some plans mm-hmm. in the works. Uh, Erica, what is your resolution for the year? So I. I was also going to say, I'm up for ramping up a little more Loopcast. This is fun. We should do this more often. And uh, I think planning to have a baby, that's about as bold as I'm going to get. So let's bring a new life into the world, get him through the first seven months, make sure that the kids semi-finish their grade levels this spring. Not sure that's going to happen. But yeah, I think professionally, you know, we're going professionally. I would love to do a little bit more on this with you guys. It's been a good time. Good run. And spiritually, I would, I would like to not completely let go of all of my personal prayer life when the baby's born, but that's probably just going to happen. It'll be reduced to help. Help me, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to sleep. That's that's a perfectly fine prayer. Okay. Yeah. That's what I've been told. So we'll, we'll go with that. Nothing too earth shattering. Pogo. What's going on? All right. So I've been learning the guitar. I, I don't know if that's, that's kind of unfair because I started. Did you bring it along? Is it here? I don't have it in the office. No, oh, it's, come on, it's currently at home and far away from my uh, one-year-old uh, because he would destroy it. But I, I picked up a guitar. I've been learning it a little bit. I'd say goal for 2023 to like learn one song by memory really good so I can hmm. whip it out. Uh, nice. Do you have any, any song requests at this Is point? Is it good in time? to have you a hobby? To... That's what, that's an honest question. Stairway to heaven. Hobbies <laughs> are stairway to heaven. <laughs> uh, uh, country roads. Nice. Country oh, roads that's a great home. one. Yeah. My kids love that one. one. My actually no, my that. true resolution is not to become the annoying guy at a campfire that's like, hey, you guys want me to play guitar real quick? Just like whip <laughs> it out. So I'm going to keep it on the DL, even though I'm talking about it now. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, go learn it by memory. No, you know, sing the chords. It's gonna be great. You're gonna give um give our resident artist Stephen Harriet a run for his money. At Absolutely the next not. Staff meeting. Bring Absolutely your guitar. Not. Although in Insider yeah. Secret, that that video, that song is awesome. And Insider Secret, he's like, hey, I don't have editing software anymore. Like my boy took iPhone camera, like three cut three takes of me performing it. Can you like cut it together? I was like, yeah, dude, I got you. So for, yeah, for the for the listeners, that's Father Aeneas. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. Our colleague, Stephen Harriet, great song, great song for the holidays. Should that so be like the outro great. song? We could just outro. Yeah, the that would be a great outro. <laughs> Do it instead of the, instead of that perk, the, the coffee pot perking thing. Get rid of that. That's the intro, Josh. Come on <laughs> now. Keep your, keep your intros and outros straight. You wouldn't last a day in my shoes. Uh, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to outro out to father Nias. Uh, but until then, uh, looking forward to a great new year with you guys. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate you so much. If you want to help us out, uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, leave us a review, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Or and visit loopcast.org and throw us a few bucks in that matching campaign, brother. I mean, that sounds we pretty nice. We would not be disappointed. 
sounds pretty nice. We're going to keep getting, we're going to get more books for Josh's bookshelf. Uh, <laughs> so uh, with that being said, Our Lady Guadalupe, St. Thomas More, St. Fidelis, pray for us, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye, guys. Uh, with that being said, Our Lady Guadalupe, St. Thomas More, St. Fidelis, pray for us, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye, guys. What matters now? Let's get you home, my darling. I loved you, you threw it all If more to give than to receive You should belong somewhere on Christmas Eve You should belong somewhere on Christmas Eve A lot has changed since New York fell And Washington was blown hell, but we still have our debts to pay, we still belong somewhere on Christmas Day, we still belong somewhere on Christmas Day, so bribe the cops and kill the thugs, say yes to Christ and no to drugs, if all the world is lost its way, we still belong somewhere on Christmas Day. We still belong somewhere on Christmas Day. We fought at home and fought abroad, but devils fight and so does God, and every soul a bad line That's what I'm fighting for this Christmas time That's what I'm fighting for this Christmas time In this old Jeep that is my home I've saved enough to refound Rome Just bread and martyrs bones and wine That's what I'm That's what I'm fighting for this Christmas time Turn off the headlights and radio We still have many miles to go And there's one star that's shining bright On where we all belong this Christmas night On where we all While bodies piled up in the street I found a farm where souls could meet There with the words of institution I bring forgiveness and communion I bring forgiveness and communion I'll make Dollars ain't what matters now Let's get you home, 